Hello and welcome to the Rural Marketing Podcast, brought to you by the Rural Marketing Company and the Rural Copywriter. I'm one of your hosts, Sarah Walkerton, and my co-host is Toby Billing. Hello. And together we are the Rural Marketing Company. Now our mission is to create and implement straight shooting, zero bulldust, digital marketing strategies and tactics that provide real results to rural, regional and remote businesses, empowering business owners to chase their dreams and enabling them to reach their goals more easily. Individually, Sarah is an award-winning copywriter over at The Rural Copywriter, and Toby is founder over at Billing Metals and Manufacturing. So welcome to episode three. Hooray! And today we're talking about digital marketing foundations. Because too many business owners tend to jump straight to the advanced marketing tactics before they've even gotten the basics sorted. But without creating those solid foundations within your business and marketing, everything falls down. It's a bit like building a house or farm shed. You wouldn't jump straight into building the walls and the roof without laying those critical foundations first. Although we do have a shed that was built pretty much that way. Yes, and it's falling down. Thank you. Couldn't take the bulldozer soon, that one. So you'd lay that solid concrete slab to ensure your building survives and thrives over time. So let's look at the three critical areas to focus on when you want to build solid marketing foundations. So the three critical areas to focus on are your website, your social media, and a basic lead generation and sales funnel. So let's start by taking a look at what makes a successful website. So your website's really important to give your business a home base, and it's basically a permanent place on the internet where people can come and interact with you. So there's three aspects to a good website. There's design and functionality, copywriting, and your SEO foundations. So starting with design, your design needs to reflect your branding clearly. And that's pretty obvious, but basically it needs to match your logo. And generally it's advisable to stick to two to three main colors. Uh, Simple works best. Keep it really easy and quick to scan. Use lots of white space to break up content. Use plenty of complementary images to break up the text and add visual appeal. And above all, it must look professional and modern to build trust. Do you have anything else to add, Toby? Complicated websites. A bit of a point on that. If if a website is overcomplicated, there's too much information. Uh, A lot of people, including me, will just get a bit... uh, bit over it and click back and go onto one of your competitors' websites. So a simple but strong message is a lot uh, lot easier to um, to get, a lot easier to look at. Uh, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of farmers out there, for example, that you know they can predict cropping seasons for you know, six months in advance or 12 months in advance. They might know the rainfall and weather patterns in a particular paddock since 1875, but they type with two fingers or sometimes even one finger, and they do not want a complicated website. So if you want their business, um, you want my business for that matter, simple and strong websites, a lot better. Yeah, I think that's a really important point to make. So next up we have functionality. So it's really important to think about having one main action that you want a website visitor to take. So this might be to contact you, to book in a session with you, or to buy something from you. 
Once you have your main call to action, you then need to make sure that it's prominent in your main navigation or menu bar and also at the bottom of each content page. That's really helpful. Um, Think about what functionality you need to make this main call to action happen automatically. So do you need a contact form or a booking form or a calendar scheduling tool? Again, it's all about making it easy for your customer. And then think about what other functionality you would like, such as shopping cart functions, blogs, a location map, and all that type of thing. But above all, make everything super, super simple and easy for your customers. So the next piece of the website puzzle is your copywriting, and that's clearly my area of expertise. So it's best to keep your copy short and sweet where possible, as this actually strengthens your message and gets more attention. Whereas if you use too many words to explain a particular point, you tend to dilute your message. So lead your homepage with a few brief but attention-grabbing words that cut straight to your core message. As an example, I've recently posted about one of our previous clients, Dundee's, who do reusable pet nappies, and their banner message that I wrote for them is more cuddles, less mess. So it was all about getting straight to the point and the true desire of a customer that wants a pet nappy. And it's all about having them inside and closer to you without having all the mess all over your house. So there you go. Now, it's also important to remember that emotions sell and facts back up. So the more you drill down into the core emotion of what your customers want and talk to that, and then use factual information to support those points, the more you will sell. So a very common scenario is e-commerce stores. They tend to write product descriptions only with a list of features, or they simply describe the product in a very basic way. A better approach is to tap into the end outcomes or true desires of a customer and why they would want to purchase it. So ask yourself, how does this product enrich their lives? Next, you need to infuse your copy with fun, excitement, and personality because no one likes dull, boring copy. People love uniqueness, authenticity, and to really feel who a business and a business owner really is. So keep it real and keep it you. And then finally, when it comes to your copy, you need to make sure it's SEO friendly, which leads us to the next bit. So your SEO foundations. Now, SEO is a bit of a tricky beast and it's very misunderstood. Um, It's also both a foundational strategy and more of an advanced strategy to tackle. So there are numerous moving parts to SEO, which we'll cover in a future podcast, but the foundations can be set up on your website from the very beginning. So above all else, SEO starts with keyword research And that's where you balance potential traffic with the difficulty level to rank for it. For newer websites, it's always advisable to start with longer tail keywords or question-based phrases first. Now, when it comes to SEO copywriting, while copy should always be written for customers first and Google second, it's important to help your copy be as SEO-friendly as possible. So keywords and phrases are naturally weaved into the copy at a certain density You need to pay attention to your page names and your URL URL naming. You need to pay attention to your page headings and your H1, H2, H3 tags. And you also need to be clever and strategic with your metadata and your meta titles and meta descriptions because this is what Google and customers read first. 
You will see some websites where people have done uh, SEO and the whole thing's been written for Google search engines and it reads really quite oddly. Uh, it drives customers away. There's no point in getting people to your website with really good SEO rankings and then they look at it and go, what's this? Yeah, it's basically called when uh, keyword stuffing. So when you load your copywriting on your pages up with too many keywords and phrases too often, it basically kills your copy and makes it horrible for customers to read. Not to mention Google can pick up on that. So you get the double whammy of your customers not buying because your website reads oddly and Google going, hey, this is dodgy. Yeah, Google's getting smarter and smarter so they can pick up on things like that. So next up we have the design elements of SEO. So if you use an e-commerce platform such as Shopify or BigCommerce, a lot of the design elements of SEO is taken care of with their templates, which is really nice and easy. If you've got a WordPress website, it can be a little bit trickier, depending on whether you've built the site yourself or how to develop and do it. But you can use pre-built, well-designed templates to help you and page builder software, which makes your life easier. But the main aspects you need to be aware of is to minimize your page load speed, keep image sizes as low as possible, provide optimized alt text on images, never incorporate important copy into images, so don't embed it as Google can't read that. Make sure your internal content pages link to other internal content pages so there's a nice flow of information for your customers. And above all else, make it mobile friendly, please. So a few of the other SEO aspects are slightly more technical. So there's a lot of technical website coding elements. There's the tactic of adding regular ongoing quality content and there's backlinks, but all of that will be dealt with in a future podcast when we delve into the specifics of SEO. It's rather a large um, subject. It's very large and very complicated. Kind of a science and a black art at the same time. Yes, but we should never use black hat tactics. It's always white hat tactics, honey. Black art, not black hat. Yeah, very just, di- very just different clarifying. Thing. So if you're building your website or wanting to make it better, always remember to come back to design, copywriting, and your SEO foundations. And luckily, all three can be done at once. In one easy package with us. Ta-da. <laughs> so next up we have social media, which is, of course, very important. So we always start and think about strategy first. What is the purpose of your platforms? Much of the time the purpose comes down to brand awareness, positioning, customer relationships, and driving traffic to your website or sales funnels. So decide on a few call, a few core call to actions which align with what you decided your call to action would be on your website So make sure everything matches. You might choose one call to action, which is always ideal, or you might have two to three, but just make sure you don't try to have 20 million call to actions or it will confuse your audience. That is a lot of call to actions. Yeah, 20 million would be a lot. It's possible and I've seen such things. Mm. <laughs> So the number one aim for all your social media should be either to drive people to your website or to get them to enter your lead generation and sales funnel. So when it comes to your content, you'll be wanting to post a mixture of content formats. 
So this might include short written posts, longer written posts, blog post links, links to podcasts, and live or pre-recorded video. And Toby has an interesting story to share about videos. Yes, indeed. Um, on our Billing Metals Facebook page, we used to have about, I think it was 350 followers. Uh, you'd put a post up with a, a photo and you'd get and maybe 40 or 50 people would look at that post. Uh, I did a video. It was actually videoed by our then eight-year-old son. Uh, it was just me um, in a, a small mining operation digging up a few little bits of gold. There's nothing particularly special about the video. But um, people like videos. And this particular one has now just ticked over 3.1 million views. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> it is pretty crazy. Uh, we now have... 4,600 or 4,700 followers on the Facebook page, many of almost all of those driven by that video and subsequent videos. Uh, now when I put a post up, the average video gets about 2,500 up to about uh, 4,000 views within a very short time. Most of our photos get anything from uh, you know, four to 500 views up to a couple of thousand and just a text post gets yeah, up, upwards of a thousand views. So video is very, very powerful. Once you get get one that people start sharing, um, they just yeah, seem to drive a great deal of interest and, uh, and traffic to your website. Yeah, it was a really interesting video and something that we thought was really super simple and wouldn't do too much, but it ended up just going nuts and it's had such a huge global reach that it's been quite incredible. So yeah, basically do lots of videos. One of them will um, get the interest of... A couple of people, they'll share, and off it goes. Well, that's the aim anyway. Yes, yes. <laughs> so if you struggle with keeping up with posting on social media, you can always use a scheduling tool um, or just Facebook Creator. Uh, it's good to aim for at least one post a day, Monday to Friday, or if you can't manage that, try for three times a week. Some businesses can do more than one post per day, but it does depend on your engagement and your audience. Sometimes if you post too much, you can actually lessen your engagement and therefore damage your reach. So always keep an eye on your stats to track how your posts are performing. Track them on a daily, weekly and monthly level to make sure that they're all tracking in the right direction and that you don't need to tweak your strategy. And to make things easier, you can always theme your posts for each day. So for Monday, you might post a blog post. On Tuesday, it might be a quote. On Wednesday, it might be a case study. On Thursday, a testimonial. And Friday might be something funny and lighthearted and things like that. So when you're choosing your social media platforms that you want your business to be on, always pick Facebook. Everybody is there. It's the highest used platform out there. So every business needs to be on Facebook. Then choose any other platforms according to where your audience tends to be and what you feel comfortable with using, basically. Um, if you like Instagram, use Instagram. If you like Pinterest, go for it. But if you don't like doing something, it's not going to work too well for you, at least initially. Unless it's Facebook. Yes, yeah. Facebook. Everyone has to have Facebook. But yeah, if social media is not your strong point, don't try to do everything and be everything at once. Just pick one or two to begin with and then slowly add them as you go. 
So finally, we come to lead generation and sales funnels. So basically the idea of this is to draw in leads and get them off social media and get them onto your email database because you own your email database. You do not own your social media platforms. And then basically get your leads to know, like, and trust you and therefore hopefully buy from you. So starting off with a lead magnet, this is basically a freebie of some sort, which you offer in exchange for their email address. So it should be something of value that solves your client or customer's number one pain point. It could be in the form of a checklist, guide, quiz, or ebook, something along those lines. So it's basically just like a helpful guide or checklist that can help your customers with one quick win. And you'll also need a landing page or opt-in page where people put in their email address and then a thank you page that actually gives them the freebie. So once you have that part in place, you then need to create an automated nurture email sequence. So this is basically a series of automated emails that go out to your brand new lead that hopefully introduces them to what you offer and what you do and who you are and then encourages them to take the next best step with you. So generally this contains about five to seven emails. It sort of feeds out, uh, you know, every four or five days generally. There's a few rules around that, but um, it's a bit too much to go into that right at this point in time. Get into that in a later podcast probably. Yeah, but basically it just gradually introduces them to what you do and leads them into some form of offer. So then you have a sales page or it might be a product page or booking page. So this is the place where the first conversion happens. So they either book a call, schedule a session or buy something. It could be a product, it could be a service, whatever. And then once you have that basic um, sequence, sequence, yeah, um, sales funnel, funnel in place, You can then work on making it a bit more sophisticated and complicated by adding some extra steps, and that might include a lower price sale and then a higher price sale item. So you might start selling them into a template or an ebook or a mini course, and then a higher price sale might be a bigger course or a done-for-you service. You might also incorporate upsells or downsells or even a tripwire. But again, that's all getting very complicated. So in the first instance, all you really want is to get leads onto your email database. And then you want your potential customers or leads to take that first step to purchasing or working with you. And yeah, the best best thing to do is to keep it really simple at first, test everything, refine it, and then add more to it if you need to. And then as you get more people onto your email marketing list, you can start a general email marketing strategy. But again, that comes a little bit later and we'll cover that in another podcast in more detail. And that's about it for this episode. So we've basically run you through all the foundations that we feel are really important to get in place, including a really good website, a really good social media strategy and a fantastic lead generation and sales funnel. And now it's time for the shameless plug. We are, of course, the Rural Marketing Company, and we can help with website builds, copywriting, SEO, sales funnels, content marketing and blogs, 
business coaching and marketing strategy and lots, lots more. If you want to take the first step with us, you can download our brand new free guide and that is Get Serious About Your Rural Business Marketing, the ultimate guide to getting noticed and being found even when you're in the middle of nowhere. The link will be in the episode show notes, so make sure you grab that. And finally, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Until next time, we'll catch you later. Catch you later, folks.